been in the Ages of Grace message series for the last five weeks. It's been five weeks. Each week we, we, have, we have taken the word grace because the gathering church is a place of grace where people far from God experience life in Christ. And so we have made an acronym out of the word grace. And for the first week we spoke about the word, what's the G, y'all? All right, praise the Lord. And then the second week we spoke about R. What was R? And then the week after that, week three, we spoke on the A word. And the A word was? Adore. You're right. And then last week, we, 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 we spoke on the C. And what was the C? Amen. Connect. And so if you paid attention into the atrium as you came in this morning, you, you, you got a sneak peek of the final word that completes, amen, our atrium as, as it relates to the vision and the core values of the gathering church. And that E is the word engage. Everybody say engage. Amen. Engage. Amen. Engage. And I, I want to show you briefly from the subject title, engaged. Shaped for serving God. Shaped for serving God. It, 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 it's quite interesting how the Lord interrupted our service this morning because the thing is you can't fully serve the Lord if you, if you boggle down with your own issues. If you're worried and, and over-concerned and with doubt and with fear and with so much concern in your heart and anxiety and, and just broke, busted, and disgusted, it's kind of hard to, to, to serve other people when you're trying to get yourself together. And so I, 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 I don't think it's strange how God just began to move the way he did so our hearts and our minds can be, amen, connected and, and, and back fully relying on him. Because when we cast our cares on the Lord, then we know that he's able to do that what he said he's going to do. We serve a God who is more than able. A God who can work out our troubles, who can deal with our circumstances, who can handle our issues. And when we have that realization that God is in control, then we're able to do the work that he's given us to do. Because when we take care of our father's business, we know that he would take care of our very own business. See, the problem is when you're trying to handle your own business, you can't take care of the Lord's business. So we had to handle, amen, our business this morning, give it back to Jesus. So now we can really handle the Lord's business. See, that's the trick of the enemy. The trick of the enemy is to get you so focused on yourself that you cannot think about nobody else. But today we're going to talk about being shaped for serving God. An agent of grace is one who engages with others through servant leadership. God wants us to serve those in his body. Our foundational scripture over the last five weeks has been taken from the book of Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 through 10. It says, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one could boast. In other words, Jesus did it and you can't talk about it because you didn't, you, had, you didn't have nothing to do with it. He did it all by himself. He didn't need you. Amen. You're just receiving what he already did. It said, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared for in advance for us to do. So in other words, before you got here, God already prepared stuff for you to do. The stuff that you're doing for the Lord right now, he already knew you was going to do it before you were even born. Before you were even thought, before your parents even got together. 
He knew in advance that you'd be right here in the gathering church this morning, October 16, 2016. He knew that. He's an all-knowing God. And so it says you are God's workmanship. Now, workmanship means you were made to make a contribution. You were made to make a contribution. You were made to make a difference. My wife preached, a, we, we did a Christmas movie message series a number of years ago. I don't know if you remember this, honey. And, we, 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 and you did the movie, It's a Wonderful Life. And you preached from the message, you make a difference. And you have to realize that God has put you on planet Earth to make a difference. It's not to wake up every morning, Monday through Friday, go work for the man, collect the paycheck, pay your bills and just do you. That's not the purpose. You don't really get real fulfillment out of that. God has made you to make a contribution. Whenever God gives us an assignment, he never gives it to us without equipping us for it first. So when God calls you to something, he equips you to do it. Now, the way he equips one person is different from the way he equips another person. Everybody's role of, 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 of equipping is different, but yet we are all called to make a contribution. I said you were shaped for serving God. You were shaped to serve God. Now that word shaped is an acronym. Can we put up that slide? Amen. You were shaped. So here's shape. God uses your shape. Now when we speak about shape, I'm not talking about 32, 22, 32. I'm not talking about that. Okay. I'm talking about God uses S, your spiritual gifts. Everybody has at least one spiritual gift. And if you don't know what your spiritual gifts are, there's a course that we have, amen, called Discovering Your Shape. And you will get to understand what are your spiritual gifts, amen. So God uses your spiritual gifts. He uses your heart. Your heart is your passions. The things that you are passionate about. If you are a sports person, maybe God has given you a sports ministry. I mean, God uses, I'm, I'm a techie. I love technology. God uses technology for me to advance his gospel. He uses your heart, your passion. Then he uses your abilities. There are certain abilities, whether it's formal training you got through, through schooling, through training, whether it's ability you learn, maybe you learn how to cook something, you can cook, you can throw it out, you should post a bin, open up a restaurant years ago, but you haven't. You have abilities, amen? Some of you are sitting on your abilities, amen? And then he uses P, your personality, amen? You cannot do it the way I can do it because I'm me and you, you. He uses your personality. When I first began to preach, I was like, God, why, why do I keep laughing? You know, I, wanna, you know, I, I thought preachers was supposed to be serious. You know, like you watch some of them TV programs and everybody's just dead quiet the whole time. You don't get not one amen. You know, I said, I thought that's what preachers supposed to be. And the word of God says in the book of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 10. For it is by. I thought that was the way that you supposed what preaching was about. And people say, you, you're too funny. You, I say, I don't. It's who I am. It's my personality. Amen. If you're serious, God will use your serious person. My wife is an introvert. Okay. Opposites attract. Okay. I could be around people all day long. I'm the life of the party. I get high off people like, whoa, yes. 
After a while, you'll see Pastor Vern in the corner somewhere, quiet, reading a book. Or better yet, if you got to know Pastor Vern, she'll be asleep somewhere. And the Gavin Church say, he uses your personality. If you're quirky, he'll use your quarks. If you're serious, he'll, he'll, he'll use it. If you're analytical, he'll, he'll use it. And then last, he'll use your experiences. Each of us has different experiences of what God has done in and throughout our lives. God uses your shape to serve others. He uses your shape. Yesterday, we, Mr. Deborah was ministering at a, at a dance conference. Amen. And we thank God for what he's doing in her, through her dance ministry. But she has a passion for dance. God is using the dance as a part of her ability and her experience to serve others, to raise up others, to train others. God uses what he's put in you. He uses your shape. He uses your spiritual gifts, your heart. Your abilities, your personality, and your experience. First Peter 4.10 says, each one should use whatever gift he's received to serve others. See, the problem is sometimes in church, we sit on our gifts. The church is a, is a need of, 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 of different resources. And we don't even know you have that skill. We don't even know you have that resource. And God wants you to put some of those resources to use in his house. You know, sometimes we, we, we are part of, a, of, 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 of a, grow, a, a growing church. We see what's already there. We say, well, my gifts don't fit anything. They do. But maybe God's calling you to start something, to pioneer something, to be a trailblazer for something. Maybe you see a need that needs to be met. And maybe you're the one that God is tapping on the shoulder to meet that need. One of the things I learned, if you're constantly complaining about something, maybe you're the answer to your complaint. You know, they just need to get this. They just need to get that. They just need, they just need this. They just need this. Maybe you're the one. Maybe you're the answer. If it's irritating you like that, sometimes the Lord uses that to cause you to rise up to do something about it. I remember years ago, we were at, our, we were at the storefront or, or, or Central Avenue. We didn't have no formalized um, 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 of, of ministry in, in, in terms of hospitality. You know, we had a potluck. We put a spoon and an aluminum pan. We said, y'all go serve. Y'all go eat. Go ahead. Everybody just go grab something. But then I remember Sister Yo said, you need some more order here. We, we, we need to be able to, to make sure everybody get fed. Because, you know, when you get a spoon, you say, everybody eat. You know, you got 30 people. And by the time you get to the 15th person, everything's gone. Everybody's like, uh, what happened to the rest of the rations? It's, it's gone, right? But that was something that God was birthing in her. Say, no, 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 there needs to be order. We have to make sure that everybody gets served. Because that's what the spirit of someone who has a hospitality does. And so let's, let's take it up and let's use the hospital, let's use our, hosp our hospitality to serve others to make sure everybody gets served. See, God uses the things sometimes that irritate you, to cause you to, 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 to walk into purpose. Some of you come in, and, 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 and normally it's the thing that nobody else sees. Mm -hmm. You go to church, why there's always specks on the carpet, man. Every time I come, there's always just stuff on this carpet. Maybe you're the one that God is raising up to join the cleaning team, which really doesn't exist right now. Maybe you're the one that God's calling to raise up to say, you know what? I will be the church sexton. I will be the janitor. I will do what I need to do in the house of the Lord. See, God begins to put things in you. He uses your shape. 
to cause you to, to serve others. An agent of grace is one who serves God by serving others. Uh-huh. One who serves God by serving others. You were not put here to take up space. You were put here to serve God. The way we serve God is by serving others. Some people want to serve God, but not others. But the Bible has a word for this very thing, as I say the word serve. And that word serve is equated to what we call ministry. The word ministry literally means service or servanthood. And so when someone is minister such and such, they're really saying that they are servant such and such. Because if you are a leader in God's house, you're called to serve God's house. I'll say that again. If you're a leader in God's house, you're called to serve God's house. See, the job of the pastor and of the ministers and the elders of the church is not to sit high and look pretty. And have everybody serve them and do their, do their bidding. No, no, no. Our job is to be the chief servants in the house to show you how to serve the Lord effectively. So if you go to some of these churches and they worship the pastor, no, 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 you better run for your life. I do believe in giving honor to whom honor is due, but there is a, there is a balance to that. There is a balance to that. And so we have to make sure that we keep the focus on the Lord and not the focus on man in terms of how we give ourselves over to people. We're called to serve people, not called to worship people. An agent of grace is one who serves God by serving others. Jesus made it clear in the book of Matthew chapter 20 verse 28. Jesus said, your attitude must be like my own. What is Jesus' attitude? He said, for I did not come to be served. Now, this is Jesus talking. He said, I didn't come to be served. He said, but to serve. He said, I've come to serve. I've come to do a work. And as a child of God, you have to know that you have come here not to be served, but God has put something in you to serve others in his body. The word ministry and service are the same word. So all of us are called to ministry. Ministry is not just something the pastor does. Ministry is something that we all do. That's why I said a few weeks ago, we are all called to be ministers. Amen. My job as the pastor is to teach you how to be an effective minister in the world. Because there are people in the world that I cannot reach, I cannot touch, I cannot talk to. But you see them every day. They have their eyes fastened on you even when you don't realize they're looking at you. And they'll quickly listen and take heed to the words that are coming from your life. That's why it's important you are effective as a minister as you serve others. Amen? Amen. Amen. Jesus defined what servant leadership is because it is shaped for, for serving God. God's calling us to, 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 be, to, to, to engage each other through servant leadership. Jesus said in Mark chapter 10, verse 42 to 45, it says, Jesus called them together. He said, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. But Jesus continues to say in verse 43, he says, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus defines what servant leadership is. 
He said, if you want to be the greatest, you got you, you to be the greatest servant of all. If you want to be ahead of the crowd, you got to be a slave to all. That's what people say, oh, I think I'm called a pastor. I, get the I said, oh, you think pastor is all about just speaking on Sunday morning. That's what you think pastor is. I said, this is the easiest part of my job. Yeah, people are like, oh, my God, I think I'm going to be a pastor. I'm going to get in front. Ooh, I'm going to say things. I'm going to make them shout. I'm make them down. I'm going to do all that. That's the easiest part. That's this, this the easy part. It's what you do for the other six days. Dealing with people issues. Troubles. You're on the front lines of the devil coming after you. People think, oh, it's so glamorous just to be up there and look at them. And you see them on television. You, you don't realize the sacrifice. The blood, the sweat, the, the tears. People look at Pastor Amber and I like, oh my God, look at y'all. It's a lot of blood. A lot of sweat, a lot of tears. If you want to be the head, you have to be the slave to all. To all. When God calls you to something, he gives you the grace to do it. But it's going to cost you something. It's not easy being a servant. It's not easy fully embracing what God has called you to do. But nonetheless, he's called you to do it. And where God guides you to, his grace will abide with you in that thing that you're going through. So he'll give you the strength to overcome all that you are facing. Jesus was a servant leader. And so today, I'm going to give you three quick points. Everybody say three quick points. Yes. And I'm going to tell you how to learn how to serve like Jesus. So Jesus was a servant leader. And we're going to learn how to serve like Jesus. Are y'all ready? I'm going to fly through these. Number one, serving like Jesus means being, number one, available. 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 That means you're available. You don't got so much going on, you're not so busy that you can't avail yourself. Life is not so crazy that you cannot avail yourself to do the work of the Lord. If God could take time out of his busy schedule of being God and to send his son on earth to die for us, I think you can make some time to be available to do his service. Availability. Jesus was available. The Bible says in Matthew 20, verse 30 to 32, it said, two blind men shouted, Lord, have mercy on us. Jesus stopped and caught them. He said, what do you want me to do? He, he asked. Okay? He said, what? He stopped. In other words, he made himself available to the plight and the issues of people around him. Are you available? See, some of you are focused on your ability. God, God ain't talking about your ability. He's talking about your availability. Are you available? So what? You don't do it the way that other person do it. So what? You don't, you, you don't sing the way that other person sings. So what? But, may he, but he's still calling you. See, what happens is we compare ourselves to other people. And we say, well, we can't do, I can't do it the way that person does it. And I can't do it the way this person does it. And, and, and God is saying, I ain't talking about those people. I'm talking about you. What are you doing? What are you doing? Years ago when I was at our home church back in Bethel Gospel Seventy, they asked me to be a prayer group leader. Uh, to be a prayer group leader, that, that was a big responsibility because you, you were over. Every nation that our, our church was connected to. We had missionaries all around the world that had a prayer group. So I was connected to the nation of, 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 of um, Nigeria. So 
It's funny, I got a whole bunch of Nigerians in my church. I was praying for Nigeria. Ha, 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 you got jokes, Lord. Isn't it funny how God does that stuff? <laughs> and I was praying for Nigeria. I was over the Nigeria prayer group. And that prayer group, everybody, uh, uh, our congregation was about 1,500 members or so. So each prayer group must have had about 75 to 100 people. And I said, you want me to be a prayer group leader? Now I was about 19 years old. I was, probably, I was the youngest prayer group leader probably in Bethel Gospel Assembly's history. And I said, you want me to be a prayer group leader? Me? I don't think so. I, I got to pray for all these people. I, I got to lead. Now, you know, now, now, the people who are in your group are people who are older and younger. It's not just with a whole bunch of people my age. Yeah, grandma, grandma, yeah, deacon, such and such, and all these people are part of your program. And I say, you want me, little Arthur, to be a part of that? And, and I'll be honest, I almost said no. The Lord began to check me. He said, I'm not asking to be like deacon such and such. I'm asking to be who you are. So sometimes comparison can be a true enemy to our destiny. Someone should tweet that. Comparison can be an enemy to your destiny because you're trying to do it like other people. Sometimes God's calling you to be the trailblazer to do something that's never been done before. He wants you to be innovative. To do something different. Serving like Jesus means being available. Now there are three barriers that stop us from being available. First of all, the first barrier is self-centeredness. We get too caught up in ourselves. Philippians 2.4 says, forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. That's what the Message Bible says. We have to forget ourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. That's the first barrier. That's what prevents us from being available. We are focused on self. That's what God had to deal with us this morning because we had to take the focus off ourselves and put the focus back on him. You cannot be an agent of grace and engage others through servant leadership if you are focused on yourself. If it's about me, 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 my, 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 I, 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 I. Get your me, your eyes, yourself out of the way so you can focus or being available to God. Second thing that stops us from, um, second barrier that stops us from being available is perfectionism. Everything just has to be perfect. No, no, you're going to make mistakes. The only one perfect is God. Now there's a difference between excellence, having a spirit of excellence, and having a spirit of perfectionism. Excellence is saying, okay, I look, at this, I look at this situation, and I say, I could do better here, I could do better there, so next time I'll make those adjustments, I can do better. Perfectionism is I beat myself up over the head because I should have known better. I'm so dumb. I'm so stupid. I should have did it that way. And you waste hours and days over what you missed instead of growing from the experience to do better the next time. There's a difference between being a perfectionist and someone who's walking in the spirit of excellence. So perfectionism stops us from being available to God. And the third barrier, and this is the key one, is materialism. Materialism. The Bible says in Luke 16, 13, NIV version, it says, No servant can serve two masters. You cannot serve both God and money. You cannot serve both God and money. He's not saying money is bad, but the Bible also says money answered all things. Amen. I can't go to PSENG next month and say Jesus paid it all. They're going to say, You're going to pay us this bill. We're going to turn off those lights in the Gatherman church. 
And the devil is a liar. So money answered all things. That's why we tithe. That's why God has made provisions for his house called tithes and offerings. Amen. It's what goes to support the house of God. Amen. Trust me, it's not going in my pockets. It's going into the house of the Lord. It's going to the infrastructure so we can build and, 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 and build up this ministry so we can continue to reach not just people in the city of Hackensack, but in the region and beyond. We're not just called to serve our community. We're called to serve the region. We're called to serve the world. But if we're caught up on materialism, it can stop us from truly being available to God. Maybe instead of getting your hair done that Saturday, you go to outreach. Maybe, you know, maybe instead of getting that sale at Neiman Marcus, maybe you come early for, you know, prayer service. Maybe instead of doing all that overtime and work, you just take one day and just say, you know what, I'm going to give this day to the Lord. Maybe that. It's quiet in here. Ooh, I must have stepped on. What did I step on? What did I step on, Jesus? Maybe I turn off the game that one day and I, and I do something else with my time to help serve others. It's taking the focus off ourselves so we can be available to God. Second point. Learn to serve like Jesus. Learn to serve like Jesus. Serving like Jesus means being grateful. Everybody say grateful. Yes, grateful. Serving like Jesus means to be grateful. Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you for what you have, what you have heard me. That, that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I say this for the benefit to, to, for the benefit of those who are, 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 are shaped by God, for the benefit of, of, of those who are, are listening, for the benefit of those who are there. You are, 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 are there because you are grateful. Jesus was looking to heaven in a spirit of gratefulness. We serve out of gratefulness. We serve because of what Jesus has done for us. Jesus has changed the course of our lives. How do you say thank you? By serving. What can I do? Because he did everything for you, so how could we not want to do something great for him? How could we not want to turn our lives over to him? Psalms 100 verse 2 says, serve the Lord with gladness. Put a smile on your face. It's not supposed to be, I'm going all night prayer. All right, let me just hear it. Let me just make it through this thing. I'm going to evangelism. Every Sunday, worry about it. Coming here. Brother Allen, here you go calling me again. All right, fine. I'm going to come do the all night. No, you got the wrong spirit. You need to stay home. You're not going to help nobody. God can't use that nasty attitude. God loves a cheerful you're supposed to say that with gladness because you know what he's done for you. You know how he, how he gave you joy, how he gave you peace, how he turned your life around. That's why you're happy because you know what he's done for you. You're excited. You have a testimony. You have a story. You have an experience with God. And so that's why you serve. That's why you, you, you give yourself away so he can use you because you're grateful. Because you see someone else who came out your same circumstance and maybe they're not alive today. But here you are, you're still standing but by the grace of God. Serving like Jesus means being grateful. Now there are two barriers that stop us from being grateful. And I'm exposing right now. The first barrier is comparing and criticizing. That stops us from being grateful. I already talked about comparison, but what about criticism? Sometimes we're so quick to criticize 
and criticize and, you know, and, and, and talk bad. Romans 14.4 says, who are you to criticize someone else's servant? The Lord will determine whether his servant has been successful. Sometimes we could look at people, we could easy size them up. Oh, I don't know why he's doing that. He might not be the best person to do that. I don't know why she's doing that in the church. She just needs to sit down. Or we look at people and, and we criticize them, but you don't know their story. And sometimes we, we, we can look at people, we can look at leaders, and we could begin to be critical of them and critical of what, of what they're doing. And that stops us from being grateful. Because what happens is, again, we take the focus off God and we get to put the focus on other people. When you serve God, it's, 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 it's about your relationship with God for you to serve other people. It's not for you to look at other people and to criticize them and to talk about them and to compare yourself to them. The second barrier that stops us from being grateful is wrong motivations. Wrong motivations. Sometimes our motives are wrong. You got to make sure your motives are pure when you serve in any type of ministry or capacity. When God called me to preach, I didn't want to preach. I said, Lord, let me get older or something. Meet me by the time I'm 40 or something. Then we'll talk about the preaching thing. I just want to be a church member and, and just be sit on the pew. I might serve in ministry or something like that, but I don't want to be no pastor. That was not my desire. That's not what I wanted to do. God interrupted my schedule. He said, this is what I want you to do, Arthur. This is what I've called. You and I have no true rest and true peace until you are in the center of my will. And I had to find myself to get in the center of God's will. It's not easy getting there, and it's not easy staying there. But I had to always look at my heart to make sure my heart was right, that I was doing it for the right reasons. Like I said, there's so many people who want to go into ministry. Make sure your motivations are right for what you do. I told God, I said, I, won't, I ain't doing it for money. I'm not, I'm not doing it for fame. I just want to be the best of what you called me to do. And that's why I'm going to strive for excellence. My heart is to see people's lives changed and transformed by God. To, 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 to give hope. To share God's love. To share God's joy with, with other people. That, that's why I do what I do. But I have to constantly make sure that's the right motivation. Because it's easy for the enemy to get in and to corrupt something that's pure. Mm -hmm. So that's why you have to constantly stay before God and ask God, check my heart, search my heart, oh God. Make it ever true. Make it line up to the purpose and the will that you have for my life. So serving like Jesus means being grateful. And my final one, I'm coming to the end of the finish line. My last lap. Serving like Jesus, and here's a hard one, and it might sound simple, but think about it for a second. Serving like Jesus means being faithful. Let me try it again. Serving like Jesus means being consistent. I don't think they got that one. Serving like Jesus means being trustworthy. Serving like Jesus means being faithful. Are you faithful 
to the service of the Lord? Can I count on you? Can the Lord count on you? Or are you ready to serve one day, but then the next day is always an excuse that we can't find you? <laughs> it means being faithful. I have problems, I have issues. Sometimes I'm late. But if you're always late, there's always a problem. Like, 85% there's always a, a something going on. Don't you think there's something wrong with that? Serving Jesus means being faithful. Are you being faithful to the ministry to which God has called you? Because you can't be faithful to the ministry if you're not faithful to God. Amen. You can't be faithful to God's work if you're not faithful to God. Well, Pastor, how do I know I'm faithful to God? When you're faithful to God, your life is in balance. Because he said, I come that you might have life and have life more abundantly. When you walk in Christ, that means you're living the abundant life. Now, if you say, Lord, if you're saying, Pastor, my life is not abundant, now I have the chance. Are you really walking with the Lord? I keep telling myself, I'm probably going to do the new year. I'm going to do a series called Carnal Christianity. Because a lot of us think we're saved, but really ain't. We're carnal. We think we walk in the spirit, but we know we're near the Holy Ghost. It's quiet in here. <laughs> see, I'm mad at me. Look at that. See, he <laughs> on my business again. Here we go. You see, that's why I keep calling. He always saw my stuff. Trust me, I don't know your stuff. If you get upset, take that up with him. Serving Jesus means being faithful. 1 Corinthians 4.2 says the one thing required of servants is that they be faithful. Are you a faithful servant? 1 Corinthians 15.58 in the Message Bible says throw yourselves into the work of the master. Have you thrown yourself into the work of the master? Have you thrown yourself into the work of ministry? So that meant people could say I, I throw myself. If you throw yourself in your job with your boo. You throw yourself on your job making that money. You throw yourself in, 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 in your job being a parent. But do you throw yourself in the work of the Lord? How more efficient and how much fuller this house would be if we all threw ourselves in the work of the Lord? Begging for volunteers. Can you come do this? Can you come do this? I got to beg people. We asked for volunteers for Halloween night. Not, not one person signed up. But yet, we're trying to reach the community, get the young people in, get them from worshiping Satan on Halloween to worshiping Jesus Christ. But we can't get a volunteer. Something wrong with that. Have you thrown yourself into the work of the Lord? They really don't like me this morning. They are so quiet. Lord, have mercy. The scripture continues to say, confident that nothing you do for him is a waste of time or effort. Nothing that you do for the Lord is a waste of time or effort. My bishop just said like this, only what you do for Christ will last. Only what you do for him will be counted in the end. Only what you do for him. Only what you do for him, 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 God, Jesus will last. 
That's the only thing that's going to be counted in the end. All this, all, all this other fluff and stuff is going to burn up. The Bible is clear. You read the book of Revelations. God judges us by our works. You know how he judges us? Through fire, God said. The Bible says he judges us through fire. So what he does is he takes all the works of our life and he drops it on his holy flame. And whatever burns up was nothing. Whatever remains, that's what your life was worth. Some of you, your life is just fluff. It was just... You have no substance. You have no solidity. There's, 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 there's nothing to show for your life. What do you have to show for your life? They really don't like me this morning. But I love you anyhow. Confident that nothing you do for him is a waste of time or effort. You know, sometimes we, we spend time complaining about church and ministry. Maybe you're the one to make it better. Yeah. Why they got to do it like that? Well, maybe we don't know no other way but to do it like that. Shut your mouth and come and help us. <laughs> you know, they should have youth ministry on a Friday night for the teenagers. Well, you know what? Maybe you're the one to help to do that. We need to get some teens in this church. Well, help us get some teens in the church. We cannot do it all. You got 20% of the church doing the 80% of the work. They don't work. An agent of grace is one who engages others through servant leadership. What are you doing? I got to close. We have to be faithful. Life is going to always throw interruptions. You know, and sometimes God allows us to test your faithfulness, to see where your heart really is. Because, you know, we say a whole lot of lies to the Lord. Lord, I'm available to you. My will I give to you. I'll do what you say do. Use me, Lord, to show someone the way. And enable me to say, my storage is empty, and I am available to you. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I surrender all, I surrender all, all to Thee, my blessed Savior. We keep singing. We're still singing. <laughs> And the Holy Spirit is saying, stop lying. Stop lying. With your crocodile tears and all, stop it. You don't really mean that. Because when I interrupted you on the subway last week and I said, I want you to share your faith with this person, you totally ignored me. When I said give an invite card to your church, to your co-worker, you are ashamed of me. 
You can't invite your relatives to come to church because you're scared they might see you in a different light. And we give God lip service. But he puts out lip service to the church. Let me tell you something. One thing I, I learned as a Christian, this worship experience that we do every day is wonderful, but this stuff don't move the devil. I have visions of the devil coming and sitting in the church going, mm-hmm. All right. It's going to be about 90 minutes. All right. Goodbye me, rebuke me all they want. Okay. And then when you go back home, he jumps right in the car with you. Because ain't nothing really changed. This can be the place of transformation, but you have to go through the process. You can say you want to serve the Lord and give yourself to the Lord, but you have to go through the process. You're going to be tried. That's what I'm saying. You're talking about, I take my joy back, take my peace back. Okay. He's like, go ahead. You, you, you do all that. Tear it down. Get the flag. Do, do your dance. Shout. Speak a test. Come to all, all you want. He's going to try that. He's going to put confusion and stuff in your way and see if you're going to bite the bait or not. And when you say you want to serve the Lord, let me tell you something. Every obstacle, every hurt, every pain, every issue, everything will try to pop up. Facebook go haywire to see where your heart is. He's going to try you. I say, you, you bold now? You're going to give yourself really to the Lord all the way? You fully sold in? You fully sold out? Okay. You have to know stuff is going to come at you. To try to discredit what you've said. That's the job of the enemy. The Bible calls the enemy the accuser of the brethren. In other words, he's the accuser of the church. Anyway, his job is to point fingers and to judge you. And so what he does is he tried to trick us. And so when you say, I am sold out. My mind is made up. Okay, let's see how sold out you are. So today they're going to say, oh, yes, I know I need to get involved. I need to do something. And that's going to, that's going to change by tomorrow. Because you just got caught up in the moment. But God wants us to have a real encounter. Hallelujah. A genuine or authentic encounter with him. So that we fully leave transformed. And fully become those agents of grace that God has called us to be. Amen. Amen. So over the course of these last five weeks... We spoke about what it means to be an agent of grace. And we're going to put a package together of this whole series. So if you want to buy this whole series, we're going to make it so you can buy this whole series. Because this represents who we are at the Gathering Church. This is not just some series we just had to do. This represents who we are to our core fiber. This is our identity. All that we've done in this building in the last two, three months We've been putting our identity, who we are. So when people walk through these doors, they know who we are and what we stand for. And at the Gathering Church, we are a place of grace. Where people far from God experience life in Christ. But God has called us to be agents of grace. Agents that are growing in the Lord. Agents that are reaching out to others with the gospel. Agents that are adoring Christ the Lord. Agents that are connecting with other believers. And agents that are engaging others through servant leadership. That's what we mean when we say we are agents 
of grace. I just want you to watch this video behind me and we'll close. If you are a part of the gathering church, that's who we are. We are agents of grace. We're agents of grace. So what I wanted to do this morning, most of you have been here over the last five weeks. I, I, I want to, I gave you the challenge, but this morning I, I want to, to challenge you to rise up to this challenge. To say, Pastor, I'm going to continue to be an agent of grace. It's not just something that I've heard over the last five weeks, but I want to make a commitment to be an agent of grace, that I'll continue to grow in my faith. What do you mean by growing? I'm coming to church, I'm regular attendance in church. I'm doing a connection group. I'm making an investment in my walk so I can become a better believer. I'm going to reach out to others. I'm going to share my faith with those who don't know the Lord. And I'm in any way possible. I'm going to adore Christ. I'm going to become a worshiper. I don't come to church to spectate, but I come to church to participate. As, as a matter of fact, worship transcends my singing in church. Worship, amen, is my lifestyle. I live a life of worship. It's my reasonable act of worship. It's what I do. Then I see, I, I, I connect with others. I, I make sure that I, I connect regularly with other people of faith. I, 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 I am not isolated by myself, but I really connect. It's more than just the welcome song at the gathering. I connect. I pray with people. I'm a part of a community. And the last, E, engage. I'm engaging in servant leadership. I'm involved in some type of ministry, some type of capacity that helps to be a blessing to my local church. Because when I bless my local church, I bless the world. And further, above all, I bless the Lord. So if you're saying, Pastor, I, 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 I am taking that pledge to become an agent of grace, I want to deputize you this morning. And so what we do, we have little cards here that just basically says agent of grace. Then on the flip side, you can write your name. You can write I, your name, commit to being an agent of grace. And then it just has what it means. If you're saying, Pastor, I want to take that pledge this morning, just raise your hand and the usher is going to give you one of these cards this morning. And this is just a keepsake, something keeping your wallet, something to remind you who you are and whose you are. At the gathering church, you are our agent.
If you have a card, I just want you to stand up. We're getting ready to close. after me and when I said put your name just put your name in that make it personal and we're making this pledge to the Lord and now I'm going to pray for us y'all ready get your card up amen we're deputizing you this morning amen say I state your name amen commit to being an agent of grace through growing in my faith in Christ reaching out to others with the gospel of Jesus Christ to adoring Christ in worship and connecting with other believers and engaging others through servant leadership. Now Father in the name of Jesus as we have these cards lifted these cards are a reminder of the pledge of the promise of who we want to become and who we strive to be as children of God, oh God, and those who are members of the Gathering Church. Father, I pray that you will make this place ever so real to us. God, that we will continue to grow, oh God, in our faith. We will continue to reach out to others with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We will continue to adore you through worship and in worship, oh God. We will continue to connect with other believers, Lord God. And finally, we will engage others through servant leadership, Lord God. And so, Father, I pray that you will cover us, that you will keep us, and that this pledge will ring ever true in our hearts. For this is our, oh God, standard. This is our mantra based upon your word, oh God, that it is by God's grace that we have been saved through faith. And this is not from ourselves, but it is a gift of God, not by works so no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And if you believe that, this going to watch you give God a big amen. Come on, put your hands together and bless the Lord.